0: fans Daniel Jones getting the best of Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings the Giants that'd be the same team that went 4 and 13 last season the Giants pulling what was an upset that many predicted the Giants moving on winning what was a very entertaining game and a very entertaining Super wild card weekend phone lines are open Giants fans you want to talk 877-337-6666 and my guest tonight by the way coming up in the one o'clock hour Dan Duggan from the Athletic he's there in Minnesota he'll give us the behind the scenes in the locker room all the dish but coming into this season the New York Giants there were two Big questions hanging over this franchise. Two questions that had to be answered in order for this to be considered a successful season. Question one Do they have a head coach? Well, yeah. And Brian Dable, they have what should be the coach of the year. In in all ways. From the game plan and the X's and O's to the way he gets the team believing and the confidence he instills to the tone that Brian Dable set in the first game of the season when Daniel Jones made a bad play and he comes over to the sidelines and Brian Dable gets in Daniel Jones's face. And set a tone of accountability that said, I'm going to coach this team hard. Everybody, including the quarterback. And yet the same Brian Dable, who when Darius Slayton, who played his heart out all day, makes just a horrific drop on 3rd and 15 with wide open real estate there and a chance to salt away this football game. And he drops a ball that hits him right in the hands, right in the number, on the number. And Darius Slayton knows he blew it. And he's hanging his head. And he's walking over the sidelines. And he's dejected. And Brian Dable, what does he do? Grabs his player. Takes him by the chin. Lifts up his head. Tells him to keep his head up. Tells him we need you. Manages both. Going to be accountable, but also going to figure out how to prop guys up. Going to do both. Going for it on fourth down in his own territory in the fourth quarter to try and get the win. Courage. Confidence. And watching these players... Who much of the roster of the Giants roster went four and 13. This is a lot of the same players that went four and 13 last year. But they're better now. The players, we started the season, I thought this team would win five games, the Giants, because they had a lot of the same players as last year. And then they lost good players because of the bad salary cap situation. They had to give away James Bradbury, lost good players. And yet, a lot of young players, this coaching staff coached them up, made them better. We watched players get better week to week. And then the revelation And we'll talk about Saquon Barkley staying healthy, playing hard, all of that good stuff. But the revelation. Question two that had to be answered this season for the New York Giants. So question one was, do they have a coach? Question two, do they have a quarterback? And you know what? Combination of the heart of this player, of the smarts of this player, and the coaching staff and the way they've helped him get better, all of that together, the answer is yes. Giants have a quarterback. Because what else? You can tell me, oh, the Minnesota Vikings defense is not good. It's true, they're not good. But doing more with less. Making others around you better, that's what we want out of a quarterback. And the question also for Daniel Jones, yes, could he cut down on the, on the turnovers? That uh, you know was the big question from earlier in his career. Could he cut down on the turnovers? Well, how about this on Sunday? You want cutting down on turnovers? How about a player who passes the ball 35 times, who runs the ball 17 times? That means 52 times. The play is on him. And then there's the other times he's handing the ball off to others, ball handling. But 52 times, 35 passes, 17 runs, zero turnovers. How you like me now, Daniel Jones? That's the Kirk Cousins famous expression, how you like me now? Well, we like Daniel Jones. If you're a Giants fan, you should. You should like him a lot. And I confess, I have been a Daniel Jones apologist since his rookie year. Because I saw something when he was being coached properly by Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer might not have been a whale of a head coach, but he was a good offensive coordinator who understood how to coach and develop a rookie quarterback. And Daniel Jones it's true. He fumbled the ball too much behind a terrible offensive line that rookie year. And the speed of play and his ability to process things mentally, it wasn't there yet. And so he fumbled. Too much. But also that rookie year, in 12 starts, he threw 24 touchdown passes. And so I saw something. I saw the running ability. I saw the arm. And... I admit it, part of what made me a Daniel Jones apologist, I also just liked him. Yeah, there were all the Eli Manning 2.0 comparisons, the demeanor, and you know, there's truth to it. Have you ever noticed Daniel Jones in the post-game press conferences? um, There's an Eli quality where they don't use... Nouns and pronouns. It's, it's, it's always just like a bunch of verbs played hard. They get asked a question, played hard. Or good, you know, it would be like good effort if there's a noun, but it's ne- good team effort. But it's never I, ever, ever. And just a likable guy who worked his tail off. And you wanted to see him do well if you were a Giants fan, or at least I did. Wanted to see him do well, respected him. And like with Eli, it bugged me when Daniel Jones would have the 80-yard run and then would trip and all people would dwell on would be that he fell as opposed to, holy crap, this guy, he's kind of fast ran away from people for 80 yards. And people been, I think, dismissing him. And look, in the Parcells way, I'm not putting him in Canton yet. I'm not saying he's a top-five quarterback in the league at this point. But is he a good quarterback? Yes, he is. And what we're seeing is a player who is with – Doing it with a ragtag outfit of misfits at wide receiver and, and tight end. Nobody noteworthy. And we're watching, guys, off Isaiah Hodgins off the practice squad develop instant chemistry with Daniel Jones and Daniel Jones helping making others around him better. Hodgins today, eight catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown. And some of those big catches, not just the touchdown. How about the toe-tapper, Jones to Hodgins on the sideline in the fourth quarter? Making others better. Darius Slayton, nobody's idea of a uh, you know number one type of wide receiver, wasn't even really in the Giants' plans in training camp. There was a question of whether he'd even be on the roster or they'd cut him. Richie James, a career punt returner, he's a special teams guy. He's out there as one of their leading receivers because there's nobody else. Guys were either hurt, traded, or not productive with a big contract in Kenny Galladay, who by the way, threw a hell of a block on Sunday. That's another thing about Hodgins, good blocking wide receiver. But Daniel Jones making others better, doing more with less. And on this day, for those that have criticized, for those that have not given him his due, for those that thought he somehow wasn't alpha male enough or or wanted some other kind of personality out of their quarterback as opposed to an all-shucks kind of guy, an Eli 2.0. Well, you know what? He runs a heck of a lot better than Eli. But, uh... Daniel Jones on this day threw for over 300 yards, ran for 78 yards, so and then passed for two touchdowns. First player in NFL history in a playoff game. First player in NFL playoff history to ever run for over 300 yards uh, sorry, pass for over 300 yards, run for over 70 yards, and have two touchdown passes. First ever, if we saw these stats, 301 yards passing, two touchdowns, 78 yards rushing, if we saw those stats, and by the way, sticking your head in there and picking up fourth and one, tough sledding. If we saw those stats and I covered the player up. If you thought it was Josh Allen or you thought it was Lamar Jackson, we would all be celebrating. People would be saying, oh, unicorn, incredible. Look at those stats. Oh, my God. First time in history. Well, how you like him now? Daniel Jones. Going to get a contract from the New York Giants to be the starting quarterback for the new york giants next year and you know what i'd like to see i'd like to see daniel jones in a, a a guy who you know has had different offensive coordinators every year i would like to see him with a second year having the same head coach we'll see what happens with the giants offensive coordinator mike kafka does kafka get a a head coaching job if not does he come back? Otherwise, it's still the Brian Dable offense. That's one of the benefits of having your head coach be offensive-minded. You keep that system and that continuity. But I'd like to see Daniel Jones in a second year of a Brian Dayball offense system. And I'd like them in the offseason to go out and get him somehow a number one caliber wide receiver. And maybe go out and get him another, a a tight end, a good tight end. And let's see what upgrading, and how about go pick up at least one more offensive lineman, improve this offensive line. And let's see what Daniel Jones could do with another year of coaching and another year of development and an elite wide receiver around him. What would he look like? Because I think we're just scratching the surface of a 25-year-old quarterback. Today, Sunday, whether we want to say it was the day he, I think, changed minds around the league. Played an almost perfect game of football. Did not make a mistake with 52 times either throwing or running the ball. What else do you have to say? What else does he have to do? Now, there's so many stories and so much to talk about in this game. I'm going to talk a little bit about the defense. And, yes, I'm going to look at it and say, Kirk Cousins, 31 of 39, 273 yards, two touchdowns. It's not like the defense held Minnesota down all day. They scored 24 points. This game, in a lot of ways, was a track meet up and down the field by both offenses, with both defenses doing the best they could to hang on for dear life. But there was no doubt the Giants' defense was better than Minnesota's defense. And when you look at... I mean, just look at the weapons here. Kirk Cousins is throwing to... Justin Jefferson, the best wide receiver in the league. TJ Hawkinson, one of the better tight ends, pass catching tight ends in the league. Adam Thielen, still a very good wide receiver. KJ Osborne. I mean, you're looking up and down here at a receiving core. These are not nobodies. And Justin Jefferson leading the league in catches, in yards. And what was interesting about what Wink Martindale did, the Giants defensive coordinator, what it made me think of afterwards was this. And you know Wink, he wants to blitz all day long, right? He didn't do that. He bracketed Justin Jefferson, and Justin Jefferson had 30 yards in the first quarter of this game, and then 17 in the rest of the game. Finished the day seven, seven receptions, seven catches for 47 yards, no touchdowns. Best receiver in the league, seven catches for 47 yards. And what I thought of afterwards was this. Wink Martindale said he took a page, really. The Giants took a page out of the Bill Belichick school. Brian Dable coached under Belichick for years. They played this like Belichick, and the famous thing that Bill Belichick always would do was, I'm going to take away the thing you do best, and then you got to beat me with something else. But I'm going to take away your favorite thing, the thing you do best. And what what do the Minnesota Vikings do best? They have the best wide receiver in the league, Justin Jefferson. And yes, Hawkinson came up big again. Hawkinson beat them, you know, was, was great in the first game and the second game. But he's not the number one player on this team. The number one player on the Vikings is Justin Jefferson, best receiver in the league. And the Giants bracketed him, and they took him away. And what happened? If you go back to the first time when these two teams played each other, and it was third and long, the Giants you know at the end of that first game how do how, how do they even get minnesota to be able to kick that 61 yard field goal because somehow the giants uh, the vikings threw a short pass to justin jefferson and he did the rest it was like third and 17 and he picks up like 21 yards or something and they kick a 61 yard field goal So what happened in a similar situation? It was 4th and eight on Sunday, today. And the Vikings have to convert to keep their drive going to try and score a tying touchdown or the game is over. Kirk Cousins fades back to pass, and the play is called for Justin Jefferson. We know this because after the game... Kirk Cousins was asked what happened on that play, that fourth and eight. And he says that it was the play was called for Justin Jefferson, but he looks at Justin Jefferson and he says, I didn't feel good about throwing it up to Justin. Now, why? Yes, he was covered. But we've seen games. How about that incredible comeback the Vikings had against the Bills? We've seen when Justin Jefferson has been covered and double-covered this year, and Kirk Cousins has had the conviction to throw it up to his best player, the best receiver in the league, and let him go make a play. But when you hold him down all game, especially all second half, and he does nothing all second half, when you take him away, then you take away that conviction. That confidence, that comfort in the moment. And you you see doubt and you make Kirk Cousins second guess. It was a page out of the Bill Belichick Bible. And instead, Cousins was afraid he was going to get sacked by Dexter Lawrence, who was coming in with pressure, who had a monster game as well. Forget that BS roughing the passer call, which was a joke. And Cousins on fourth and eight dumps it off for a three-yard gain to his tight end, who was, yeah, he had burned them all day, but he was burning them cockinson when he had tons of yardage and was wide open in front of him. Not when he was covered one-on-one by Xavier McKinney, who was there to make the play. So Wink Martindale had a plan, followed that plan. The Giants obviously knew this was going to be a high-scoring game. And they took away what Minnesota does best. They took away their best player. Credit to Wink Martindale, credit to the Giants. Um, Big plays all around, got to talk about it. Shout out, by the way, to Cordell Flott, the Giants' rookie cornerback, for the third and eight play gets a hand in there, breaks it up on K.J. Osborne without third and eight, without him stopping that play and that pass defense, fourth and eight, never happens. Credit to him, the rookie. Tons to talk about here. Saquon Barkley, over 100 yards combined, catching, running, ran like a an absolute beast down by the goal line. Former Giants defensive tackle Dalvin Tomlinson, all 300 pounds of him. Saquon just pushing him into the end zone for the go-ahead touchdown, refusing to be denied. Got to be happy for so many of these Giants players who had never sniffed a playoff game. And they win their first one. Play with poise. Do not turn the ball over. Don't make... The tragic mistake played winning football. 31-24 Giants, and now they move on to face Philadelphia. All right, 877-337-6666. Mike Fliegelman producing. We got Dexter, uh, Kevin Dexter on the updates. Lori Rubinson here with you. Phone lines open, ready to take your calls or hit me up on Twitter, at LRubinson. By the way, did I say the Giants won? Super wild card weekend. How do you like me now?